So I, I got to say just again, thank you to all of our volunteers. Uh, you, you know, we had such a, a great week, and we had so many men and women and students that volunteered their time um, and, and helped out, and it was just all, it was just all worth it. Um, I'm tired. I, I, anybody else tired? If you were here this I'm telling you, it was just a seven-day-a-week this past week, and uh, not as young as I, as I used to be, but, man, we had a great uh, a great week. As I mentioned earlier, all those children that accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, um, and I'm just so very, very grateful. I'm grateful for a lot of reasons. I'm grateful for the Supreme Court's decision on Friday. Um, praise the Lord for that. <clears throat> and any opportunity that we have to advance life from the womb to the tomb, from the womb to natural death, we are very much proponents of, of life here at Great Hills. Um, and yet we want to be people of compassion with those who disagree with us. And there are many, as y'all know, many, many people in our great city uh, see things entirely different. They do not have a biblical worldview. They have a different worldview than we do. That doesn't mean we, we hate one another. We can agree to disagree and dialogue with one another and show, and especially as the church, uh, we want to show compassion to those who, who would disagree with us. And it's pretty cool, though. $500 was collected by the children. Now, catch this out. Check this out. $500 for Sarah's house, which is Janine uh, Flores. It's her ministry where they bring in ladies, women who are pregnant, who decide to have uh, their children. And so they help place them like in adoption and so forth. And so that is a wonderful ministry that, that Great Hills is very involved in. And we're going to continue to be involved in ministries like that. And um, so again, I'm, I'm just so proud of our, our church and what God is doing. Love our church. Love what uh, the Holy Spirit, how he's working and, and moving and using you and, and so many, in so many ways. So um, is, I, this, this past week, the theme of the um, of VBS was Spark Studio uh, designed with a purpose. And the text that they, uh, that they focused on all week was Ephesians chapter 2, uh, 8, 9, and 10. If you have your Bible and you want to open up them with me there, that'd be great. If not, we'll show it here on the screen. And so... I so wanted to get back into the book of Acts, but I thought, you know what, let me just focus in on what the students or the children focused in on all this week and share a message with you, a brief message, brief, shorter message with you called Designed with a Purpose. Here's what your students learned this past week, and this is from the curriculum. They learned that each one of them has been created by God uniquely designed for his purposes. That's what they learned day one. Number two, day two, that Jesus is the king that God promised to send to this world to be our savior. That was day two. Day three, Jesus Christ is that king. He fulfilled God's plan. He came, he lived, he died, he arose from the dead for us, and that was day three. And then, or day four, is God's plan is his plan of salvation. Not that Jesus just came, but that he came for a purpose and that we understand that purpose and receive him as our Lord and Savior. That was day four. And then day five, and I love this, day five focused on the promised gift of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would walk with us and live within us. And you may be thinking, well, that's a lot of doctrine. That's a lot of theology uh, to teach grades one through five. But I'm telling you guys, don't underestimate these little little boys and girls. It's amazing what they learn in school and then what they learn here in vacation uh, Bible school. 
And so our text today is Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. I want to read it to you. It's a familiar passage. And this is the passage that the children were focused on all week. And um, here it goes. For by grace, uh, you have been saved through faith. And that is not of yourself. That is a gift of God, not of works, lest anybody should boast. And here's the key verse that they sang about probably memorized and focused on. It says, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The two things I really wanna leave with you today is this. Number one is that God loves us. God loves you. God prepared you. God designed you. There's nobody quite like you on this universe. You're the only one that has your particular DNA and God crafted you, God designed you, he loves you. And then secondly, God has a great plan. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for all of our lives. And that plan would involve us knowing him and then going and doing the things that he has uniquely designed us to do. Now I think everybody in here would agree that somebody had to be responsible for this. I mean, you look at our universe, you look at how intricately designed everything is, all the chemical laws, all the physics laws, all the thermodynamics, all these laws that we have, that everything just works in precision and precise order. And then you come to hum humanity, mankind, and you look at our brains and our hearts, our circulatory system, our digestive system, our nervous system, all these systems. I mean, surely somebody has to be the, the mastermind behind all of this. I mean, surely somebody has created us, and we know that to be true because the Bible says it's God, that God, he created us and he created us for a purpose. Now, when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, here's something that I've just been really focusing on all this week. I have been created by God, designed by God, created in his image. But once I receive Christ as my personal Savior and Lord, watch this, he recreates me. He creates me uh, in him and I am in Christ, and Christ is in me, and I have the Holy Spirit living within me. Now watch this. God innately gave me gifts when he created me. And those gifts, some of those are inherited, you know, from my mom and from my dad and my, uh, you know, my ancestors, predecessors, and so forth. And I have, and all of us do. I mean, you think about, think about your life. Think about your life for just a moment. You have gifts. Some of y'all are like, I don't know. I don't have many gifts. Yes, you do. A lot of times we focus on the gifts that we want that we don't have. You know, I could, I could want and desire to be six foot tall and it ain't gonna happen, all right? There ain't gonna be no dunking of basketballs from this body, all right? And I can dwell on that and just say, woe is me, or I can say, but look at the gifts that God did give me. And, and the same could be said for you. Some of you are musically inclined. Some of you mathematically inclined. Some of you right brain. Some of you left brain. You say, yeah, how did I get all that? Where did that come from? I'm telling you, God did that. God loves you. He is, some of y'all like numbers. Some of you hate numbers. Some of you love history. Some of you don't like history. And, and just think about your life. Think about some of the skills that some of you have. Some of you, even at a young age, you could, you could just tell you had mad skills at whatever. Now watch this. After you come to faith in Christ, it's not that you dispose of all those gifts or whatever. No, you can keep those in your Christian life. In fact, some of you can, can use those to help promote the kingdom of God and do things for the Lord. But watch this. The Bible says once you come to faith in Christ, he gives you spiritual gifts. He gives you gifts that you can use for God's glory. Don't miss this. 
for the edification of Christ, but also for your good. I'm never more happy or satisfied or blessed than when I am using the gifts that God has given me to edify the body of Christ and to bring glory to Jesus' name. Do y'all get that? And when you have those gifts and you use them and you don't sit on them or isolate them, but you use it, you can teach, you can sing, you can show hospitality, you can show mercy, and you can do administration. There's all kinds of things. And you know what? God's behind all that. He is the, mm, he is the master mind. He is the genius behind all this creativity that we have, both innately, speaking just humanly speaking, and then also spiritually speaking, the spiritual gifts that he gives us. So I want to focus on just these two things. Number one, that God loves us. And I see this all in verse eight, right? In verse seven, it talks about God's grace. God's grace is mentioned three times in these few verses. In a word, when I think about God's love, I think about God's grace. What is grace? Some say, well, it's his unmerited favor. Well, what does that mean? That means God gives us what we do not deserve, right? I mean, none of us deserve anything. We don't deserve to go to heaven. We, we don't deserve to have all this amazing life and gifts that God gives us. But God in his kindness, watch this, in his, what, what, what theologians would call God's general kindness. He just gives this blanket of kindness to all of humanity. And then God's specific, God's specific kindness is Jesus Christ, his son, and he gives us his grace. You ever seen that acrostic is God's riches at Christ's expense. That is the acrostic of grace. You know, sometimes grace, and we're looking at it right here in verse eight, right? For by grace, God's grace, you have been saved. And it was through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God. I love talking about grace I love talking about gifts, you know, and they're very much intricately uh, related. God's grace and God's gift. For God so loved the world that he, he gave, right? So I'm driving by my neighbor uh, a couple weeks ago. And, and we're still kind of new in our neighborhood. We haven't even lived there a year now. And I'm still getting to know my, my neighbors. And I drive by and I'm on my way to the gym. It's a Saturday afternoon, two weeks ago. And I, there's a little gym there in our uh, in our community in Santa Rita Ranch. And so I'm, I've got, you know, my gym clothes and I'm ready to go. And I go by my neighbor and I'm like, whoa. And I'm looking at his, his driveway and there is a pile of dirt, y'all. I'm telling you, is, I'm like, that is a huge pile of dirt. Not only this huge pile of dirt, but there's a pile of rocks about this high in the front of the driveway. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm curious. I'm one of those neighbors. What are they doing? You know, what's happening? You know, and I'm like, what are they doing with all of that? And then, and I noticed it was a husband and a wife and one wheelbarrow. And I couldn't help it. I just had to stop. And I guess the, the curiosity just got me. And I was like, I thought I was just going to stop, you know, and check it out. And the Holy Spirit's like, you're not going to the gym today. <laughs> you're not. This is your gym. This is going to be all the working out. And I was like, oh, my word. What's about to go down? And, and my neighbor, he's like, yeah, he said, um, in the backyard, uh, we can't grow any grass. And I'm going to use all this dirt as topsoil. I'm building a retainer wall. We're going to put all these rocks on there. I was like, do y'all need some help? And they're like, yes. And I said, let me go get my wife. She'll be glad to help y'all. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't. I said, you got it. I said, uh, okay, let's get another wheelbarrow. Y'all, where I live, a bunch of people my age, they've given all their tools away. 
I went and knocked on so many doors. I got tired knocking on doors, asking for wheelbarrows, but also I was doing other things that I was saying, hey, you know, come on to church. How are you doing? Getting to know people. So I came back for the next hour and whatever it was, and with one wheelbarrow, we loaded dirt back and forth, back and forth. And you know, I walked away from that. I was soaking wet. I was, I was exhausted. And I got me a shower and I sat down and I thought, that was fun. Grace. I gave them grace. Did they deserve it? Well, no. Did, did they even ask for it? Not really. Some of y'all are looking at me, well, aren't you sweet? Aren't you just special? Just go up there and help your neighbors. No, the reason I'm using this as an illustration is because grace and gifts, they just go together, right? They just go together. When you are being gracious to, towards somebody, you're, you're giving them something. I think about my, our, our church member, my friend, Fred Upright. He, he says when he goes to Ukraine, by the way, he's already been twice. And when he comes back, he tells me, he goes, huh? He is so unsettling. It just takes him a while just to get his mind about, around what he's seen, what he's experienced. And he goes, the Ukrainian people come up to him. They say, what are you doing? Why are you here? And he's like, well, I just feel like God wanted me to come and, and love you people and help you people. And they are blown away. They're like, you Americans? I mean, we're on the other side of the planet and you cared enough on your own dime and you came and you're, you say your church is helping out with these things. Why are y'all doing that? He said, it's because we, we, we love you and we, we want to show you grace and, and kindness. So God is the, the designer of all this, y'all. All of this goodness, any, any goodness that's within us, it stems from the benevolence and the graciousness and the good. Oh, it's just God's nature. It's his heart. Do y'all know that? It is God's nature and it's God's heart to bless you and love you and welcome you into his kingdom. I mean, we're the ones that stiff arm him. We're the ones that are like, get out of my life. I don't have anything to do with you. I'm just dead set on going to hell. Don't try to stop me. And God says, okay, okay. But I tried. I, I love you. I created this universe for you. And if you just think about it for just a moment, you will have to believe that surely somebody started this thing. And then you look to the cross and you look to the empty tomb and you look at the Holy Spirit and all of these gifts are the result of a gracious, kind, wonderful, heavenly Father. Verse nine makes it so plain that these gifts, this grace, grace gift of Christ, it cannot be earned. He says it's not of works uh, or we would brag about it, right? <laughs> we would, we are humanity. We would brag that, well, I earned that, I deserve that. And God makes it very clear in his word. He's like, no, you couldn't do that. You, there's no way for sinful humanity to bridge the gulf between a holy God, sinful humanity, there's this great chasm. And the only way that it could be spanned or the way it could be connected is through the cross of Jesus Christ. And Paul makes this very clear. He goes, this is not of works, so you can't boast about it. The next thing I wanna share with you is this. Not only does God love us, verses eight and nine, but number two, God has an awesome plan. Mm. God has a plan for your life. Now, I want y'all to think about that for just a moment. It's, it's a well-tailored plan. It's a plan that he has for you and he doesn't have for anybody else. Isn't that cool? Some of y'all are like, really? God knows me? Yes. God created me? Yes. There is a word here in verse 10. It's just, it's so 
picturesque, it's so beautiful. I want you to look at it with me for just a minute. I'm gonna go Greeky geeky on you for just a minute. Will y'all let me do that, all right? Greeky geeky, here we go. The Greek word for workmanship in verse 10, it's used two times in the entire New Testament. That's significant. It is the Greek word poeme. It's where we get our English word, a poem. For we are God's, you can just say it, we're his poem. You know, every Every work of poetry has an author that we call a what? A poet. If I were to tell you that there's this beautiful ballad and, and this wonderful lyrics and these wonderful words and, and, and there they are on, this, on my computer screen or your computer screen or they were handwritten and I would say to you, well, you know what? That just happened by chance. I don't know how it happened, but the letters just floated off in the computer and they just lined up into sentences and cadence and they even some of them even rhyme. And isn't that, isn't that, I mean, isn't evolution amazing? I mean, it just evolved. It just happened. Y'all would look at me like, you've lost your ever-loving mind. Somebody did that. And, and if we believe that, surely we can believe that God did all of this. God created us. We are his masterpiece we are his poem. He has, been, he has crafted you with all your gifts, all your idiosyncrasies, all your eccentricities, weirdness, right? I mean, all, we all got it. We, we all got our, our funkiness and our craziness and our uniqueness. Ain't nobody like you. Who in the world could come up with that except God? And God, his, he, he, he just loves you so much that he, he designed you precisely the way he wanted you to be designed. Romans chapter one is the other incident. I know some of y'all are asking me, where's the other place in the Bible that it says that talks about being created or made? Well, it might surprise you, but here's the verse. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Mm. Being understood by the things that are poeme, by the things that are made. By the way, you have been made. You have been crafted and created. You did not evolve, you know, from some slimy goo that went to the zoo and all of a sudden became you. That's impossible. God crafted you. He designed you so that you would know how much he loves you and how much he wants to have a relationship with you. And so this is the word, things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. So you and I are without excuse. When we die and go to hell, and some of you are, you're on your way. You're like, don't try to stop me. And when you get there, and before you go, you and God have a conversation. And God said, I tried everything within me. I tried. I created. I designed. I shouted at you at every sunrise and sunset. In the glimmer in the eye of your newborn child, I was speaking to you, but you would have none of it. Remember that little preacher? Remember he was up there pleading with you, give your heart to Christ, come to know me. I've got a plan, I've got a purpose for you. And you said, no, no. I don't wanna have anything to do with it. God's gonna recreate this scene for you and the only person you have to blame is yourself. You say, well, I just think you're lying. No, I think I'm telling you the truth. Would I love you enough to tell you the truth that God loves you, he crafted you, he wants a relationship with you? Look, look, he's jealous for you. He's jealous for you. You are his. He doesn't want you drifting off into, into 
some other idea or some other place. He wants you for his own. You say, well, why would God do that? Because he created you. He fashioned you and he loves you. This is a little commentary I came across, and I thought this author did a really good job. And I want to read this as I kind of land the plane here for you. God's workmanship denotes a work of art, a masterpiece. Believers are God's workmanship because they have been created a work that only God can do in Christ Jesus. God's workmanship is not achieved by our good works, but it is the result, but it should result in good works. In other words, God has prepared a path of good works for believers, which he will perform in and through us as we walk by faith. This does not mean doing a work for God. Instead, it is God performing his work in and through believers. So in conclusion, we would say, though people were spiritually dead, you and I, before we knew God, we were spiritually dead. We were physically alive but spiritually we were dead and we deserved God's wrath. But God, but God, in his marvelous grace, he has provided salvation through faith for everybody and all peoples that we would believe in him and know him and enjoy him forever. God has an awesome plan for your life. I wanna show you that in a kind of a graphic way. And then we're going to have a, a beautiful depiction of God's love. We're going to see a couple of people get baptized. But um, it's, it's called the three circles. And I want to walk you through what I have just shared with you. And I think we're going to have this online. I think we will. We'll show it. It's called the three circles. And it's God's plan for your life. And I want to share with you the gospel of Jesus Christ to give you an opportunity to respond to it. I mean, do what these precious children did. You know, that's why it's so cool seeing you parents bring your kids to church. I tell you, there is a 0.0 something percent chance that your kids are going to play professional sports, but there's a 100% chance they're going to stand before a holy God. Okay? I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not against sports. I'm just against sports all the time on Sundays, <laughs> you know? So... Children just have this intrinsic, they're so fresh from God's hands that if you just point them in the right direction and you just show them the love of Christ, it's like an amazing how so many of them get saved. It's almost like they have to learn to hate God. They have to learn from you and some of the things we say that we have to learn that. But if you just take a child as an open canvas and you just tell them how much God loves them, Almost every single time they will say, well, that's, that's what I want. So here are the three circles. God has a design. Isn't that cool? You see it? It'll come up. God has a design, and we see this, his beautiful design, his purpose, its evidence. They're not seeing it on the screen. Are y'all seeing it? Okay, you're seeing it right behind me. All I see is a white-haired fella up there. Okay, here we go. See it right here? God's design. The beauty, the purpose, the evidence the Bible tells us that God originally planned a world that worked perfectly. He made each of us with a purpose. That's what I was saying earlier. Poeme, masterpiece. This is God's handiwork, okay? God's design. And the scriptures tells us that God saw that he made, that what he had made, and it was very good, John, Genesis 1, Psalm 19, 1 says, the heavens declared the glory of God and the sky proclaims the work of his hands. 
So that's God's design. I guess if Billy Graham was writing this, he would say, this is God's purpose for you. God loves you. Number two, sin has entered uh, into the equation. You know, this is a reality, right? God created a perfect world, but sin entered the world through Adam and Eve. And by the way, it continues and it's perpetuated through you and me. We all have sinned. The Bible says that because of our sins, we have been separated from God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. Um, You say, is that why things are so broken? Is that why things just don't seem to work right in the spiritual world, in the physical world? Is that why there's so much animosity and hatred? Is that why there's so much murder? And is that why there's so much confusion? Yes, because sin has entered the world. And here comes the word brokenness. This is the result of sin. Brokenness leads to a place of realizing that, man, something is wrong. Something is, man, when you, would you put that word up there? And I would encourage you guys, and you, this is a free app, by the way, through our North American Mission Board, the Southern Baptist. I know Southern Baptists, we fuss and we get a lot of things wrong, but I'm telling you, we get a lot of things right, and this is one of them. This is a great little gospel presentation that you can pull out on your phone and share it with people. And I tell you, when you use this and you use that word broken, watch what happens to people. It really speaks to them. They're like, man, you don't have to convince me. You don't have to convince me that there's something evil and wrong in this world. I mean, this world is broken. And the Bible tells us why. In Romans 1.25, it says, we exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and we worshiped and served something created instead of the creator. But here comes the good news. Aren't you glad that God is a God of grace? And God of mercy, now God could have said, you broken people, y'all pitiful, just go on to hell, don't have anything to do with you, all right? Y'all have lost your ever-loving mind, just go, 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 get away from me. He doesn't do that. He comes to us in the gospel. He comes to us through his son, Jesus Christ, who went on a rescue mission. Look, come on now, listen, listen. God had one son, and he made him a missionary. He made him a missionary to come to planet Earth to show us the way back to God and to his design for our lives. This is the gospel. Jesus came to rescue us. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The Bible says in Colossians 2, 14, he erased the certificate of debt and he has taken it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. This is Jesus Christ dying on the cross, rising from the dead, saying, I know you're broken, I know you're messed up, I know you're sinful, and yet in spite of all of that, I love you, I wanna redeem you, I wanna reclaim you, I wanna bring you back to the Father who created you. And the response is up to us, all right? What do we do? Well, we repent, we believe. Here comes the little arrow there, repentance and belief. For it is by grace you have been saved through belief through faith. You know, faith and repentance are the two sides of the one coin. Think about that for just a second. On a coin, you got a quarter. Y'all remember what coins are? (laughs) I don't carry any change. I hardly have any money, dollars, right? But if you do have a coin, if you look at that coin, it has two sides. It is, it's a heads and a tails, right? And in God's economy, it is repentance and faith. That's what we bring. We repent, we believe, and that's, that's our response, our proper response to the gospel. In fact, Mark 1.15 says, repent and believe in the good news. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, we've already talked about that. We've read that. Oh, my favorite verse in all the Bible. Is it coming? Oh, there it is. 
If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Are y'all seeing that? Y'all reading the same thing? Y'all please put that on my tombstone. If I'm, if I'm, uh, if I'm out of here and you have an opportunity to come to my funeral, then somebody please say Romans 10, 9, put it on my little epithet, say this was his favorite verse in all the Bible, as many people as he could, he wanted to tell them Romans 10, 9, because when I was 19 years of age, this is where I got saved, I was reading this verse, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be what? Come oh, now, isn't that good news? It's awesome news. All right, here's the final part of the three circles. Recover and pursue. When God restores our relationship to him, we begin to discover meaning and purpose in a broken world. This goes back to the poeme, the master plan that he has for our lives. Now we can pursue God's design in all areas of our lives. When we fail, and we will, we understand that God can forgive us and restore us. God's spirit empowers us to pursue his design and assures us of his presence in our lives. For it is God, the Bible says in Philippians 2.13, who is working in you, enabling you both to desire and to work out his good purpose. Then the last verse is the one we just looked at, Ephesians 2.10. Isn't that cool? It's called um, The Three Circles. And if you go and you pull it up, it's a free app, and it's called Life on Mission. You can just download it, Life on Mission. You can pull it up on your phone and you can share it with your friends, with your fellow students, with your parents. You can share it with your colleagues at work. It is so cool. And over the next month here at Great Hills, for a solid month in our connect groups and our adult classes, we're gonna go over the three circles. We're just gonna get you more and more familiar with it so you'll have opportunities uh, to share. Does that make sense? Anybody, anybody have a question about the gospel that you don't understand? Is there something unclear? Have I muddied the waters in any way I don't want to? I wanna make it very, very clear. Because if it's been clear and you understand it, who in their right mind wouldn't wanna embrace it? I mean, who wouldn't want this? If it's true, if God did create me and he did give his son for my life, how in the world, why in the world would we not just run to him and embrace him? Isn't that funny how some people, man, are just so ready and willing and like, man, sign me up. Give me, give me this eternal life. I want forgiveness of sins. I know I'm jacked up. I know I'm messed up. I know I need help. And others are just like, I'm good. I'm good, you know. But you're not good. Uh, you need Christ. And I want to help you. I want to help you right now receive the Lord. Y'all ready for it? Some of you are like, okay. I think he's serious about this. Is somebody here, you may be a student, you may be a dad or a grandmom or a parent or un uncle or aunt, and, and Brother Danny's gonna give you an opportunity to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're like, okay, some of you are like, okay, what, what is it gonna cost me? No, no, it didn't cost you. Jesus, it cost him everything. So all you gotta do is you gotta come with belief and faith and say, Lord, I need you to come into my life. So let me, let me help you. All right, let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. If you're here and you're saying, I need the Lord, I need help, I need God in my life, I know this to be the case. I know that I'm not an accident. 
I know what they taught me in college. I know what my science teachers told me that we're all just a big accident. We just bang, boom, here we are. We're floating around and no purpose and no meaning. But I'm here to tell you, God loves you. God created you. And yes, you are broken. We're all broken. And Jesus is perfect and he came. You know he was born, right? Placed in that feed trough. His birthday is celebrated all over the world. We call it Christmas. He was born. He was born to die, to redeem, to rescue. I can just see Jesus saying, Father, I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm going on a rescue mission. And everybody that will trust me and believe in me, I'm going to bring them in. I'm going to bring them into the kingdom. You know, there's, there's really nothing I can do for you. There's nothing God can do for you unless you admit it. Unless you admit that you need him. Will you do that today? Would you join these 24 precious children who just said, you got it. I know I need the Lord. I know. I know I'm lost. I know I need help. And would you admit that today? And now I want you to pray with me. Right where you are, just quietly, silently. You can pray the prayer that I prayed uh, many years ago. You can pray the prayer that these children prayed just this past week. And it's not some magical potion, some, you know, eloquent words. No, it's just your heart, right? In fact, why don't, why don't you just pray? You say, me, pray? <laughs> I'm not too good at this. Why don't, why don't you, right where you are, won't you just talk to the Lord and just tell him you, you need him and you believe in him? and you want to follow him. God, I need you. I can't do this on my own. I need your help. I need your salvation. I need your forgiveness. Jesus, I believe. I believe. You are the way. You are the truth. You are life. You are the life. And I'm trusting you and you alone for my salvation right here, right now, on this very day. You know, I just can't help believe um, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed and many hundreds of you watching on, on the screen. I, I just can't help but believe there are a lot of you that ask the Lord to come into your life. And I just want you to know, I celebrate that with you. We rejoice with you here at Great Hills Baptist Church. We are saying, praise God. In fact, the Bible says in Luke chapter 15, ooh, come on, the, the Bible says heaven is throwing a party. The angels in heaven are rejoicing because you, a sinner, admitted what everybody else knows and you know, God, I'm a sinner and I need help coming to my life. And you did that right here, right now. And I'm telling you, glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for saving these dear people. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you to do with your heads bowed and with your eyes closed. It's time for you to tell somebody. Don't, don't do what I did. I waited months. I'm sorry, I, I did. I waited months before I got up the courage to tell other people what I had done. And then I went and got baptized, and it was awesome. I want to encourage you in, in a moment. We're going to stand and we're going to have an invitation where we're just going to say, look, if you pray to receive Christ, 
and I just believe many of you did, then let us celebrate with you. Let us be some of the first to shake your hand, look you in the eye and say, congratulations, that's awesome. Now, all of hell will be screaming at you saying, oh no, no, this didn't, you didn't really mean that. No, 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 you, you, that's, not, that's not possible. No, no, don't just stay in your seat. But when you stand in a moment, why don't you get out of your seat? Just come down this aisle, come down to this altar. Just take one of these men or one of these women by the hand and just say, I gave my heart to Christ today. And just watch what happens. Ooh, let me tell you, it is awesome. There is a freedom that you'll feel. You'll, there will be a, a lightness in your step. You'll be going, why in the world did I wait? Why didn't I tell somebody before? And we're gonna invite you to come. So Father, we thank you for each person that is here today. And I'm thanking you especially for the many who prayed to receive Christ for the very first time. For those of you that are online, God bless you. We welcome you. We're thrilled for you. But here's the deal. Let us know. God, would you give them the courage to let us know so we can celebrate with them, we can disciple them, we can teach them, we can encourage them what it means to walk with the Lord. Thank you, God, you've done it all. You're awesome. And we gladly respond to you in faith and repentance. We pray this in Jesus' name.